Man. So what are we doing? I mean, we're here in a skating rink. <laughs> like doing church in a skating rink. What is this? Maybe, maybe that's what you were wondering when, when you showed up today or, or when you heard about it. Like, like I invited people to come check out what we're doing for our sneak peek service. And, um, and some people heard that uh, we were starting a brand new church and they thought to themselves, well, well first I, w- I would talk to people and I'd say, hey, we're in the process of starting a new church. And um, I could see the computer chip in their brain stutter a little bit because it's like, wait, why are you starting a new church? What's that about? And, uh, and so they would ask me the question that most people ask when they hear about a church. They say, well, well where is your church? And I'd say, well, we're, um, uh, we're going to be meeting at a skating rink at Skate House over off Lynn Haven. And when I said that, I could see the computer chip in their brain like explode because church in a skating rink just doesn't make sense. And so they were like, oh, okay, that's nice. So where's your church? And I would say, no, it's at the skating rink. Like, we're going to set up every week. We're going to tear down every week. Like, we're going to meet at a skating rink. And, and, and maybe you heard that. Somebody invited you to come, and you heard that we were starting this church, and you're like, man, I got to go check that out just to see what this thing is about. And so here we are. We have our grand opening on March 20th, but this is our first ever sneak peek service, and you have the privilege and the honor to say, I was there before it ever started. I was there when they had the technical difficulties that they were sorting out. Did y'all see our computer was crashing a couple times? We're still figuring out stuff with sound right now, but you could say, I was there before it was perfect and great and amazing. I was there before the entire skating rink was filled with people. I was there at the very first sneak peek service when they were trying to figure all this out. And so here we are. This is Journey. Welcome. And by the way, No plus, that's okay. Uh, By the way, this is the first time that the worship team you just saw played together. Isn't that something? That's amazing. So I'm pumped, man. I'm excited. Again, we're we're here and we're figuring all this out. We got a sneak peek service February 6th and we got another one March 6th. And and the purpose of these really is to bring people to come and, and hear about what's going on and see what Journey really is about to get a taste and catch a vision of what will be and what could be here in this skating rink every single week. And so again, I'm so glad that you're here on day one. You know, the truth is this, that the church is not a a place. Again, people ask me, well, where's your church? And uh, I would have said it's right in front of you. Because the truth is that the church is the people. The church is a gathering of people. And so when we showed up this morning, when you showed up this morning, you didn't show up to church, but the church came to the building. Because the church is the people. It's a gathering of people on on a mission together, creating a movement. And so that's what we're in the process of building up to when we lead up to our grand opening March 20th. Again, I'm just so honored that you're here today. You know, we, um, we just entered into a brand new year. And when it comes to life, we, we choose to chop up our lives in chapters, right? We, we live in chapters. So it's a brand new year. It's like this is a new chapter for me. Maybe you said new year, new me. Right? We live in chapters. Uh, Every month is a new chapter for a new beginning. Every week is a new chapter for a new beginning. Uh, Diets are most Googled on Mondays. Fitness plans are most Googled on Mondays because when a Monday comes around, it's like it's the start of a new week, it's the start of a new chapter. I'm finally going to do the thing that I've been longing to do. It's a new chapter. And as you think about your life, you, you live in chapters. You chunk 
things in chapters, right? Oh, that was the chapter of my life where I lived in Florida. That was the chapter of my life where I lived in New York. This is a chapter of my life where I'm stationed here in Norfolk for the next couple of years, and then I'll move on somewhere else. We live in chapters. And as we just started a brand new chapter with 2022, I wonder what's going to be different about this chapter than every other chapter that you've lived? What's going to be different about this chapter as we move into this brand new year? Here's, here's what I want to do today in our time together. I want to take time to just assess where we are to take some time to, to, to look back at, at where we've been and then, and then look and, and see where we are and then imagine and dream of what could be. Because here's what I believe. The thing you're looking for, the destiny you're seeking to discover, the purpose you're hoping to live in, the life you're longing to live is not found back there. It's not found even right here but it's found in a future you haven't even walked into yet, a future you haven't even imagined yet, a future you haven't even dreamed of yet. And I believe the life you long to live, the destiny you're chasing, the purpose you're seeking to see fulfilled in your life will only happen in your life if you'll take a step forward. Not on your own, though, but with God. Because you will not be able to walk into it on your own. You'll only witness and discover and experience what God has for you when you take that step with him. Here's what I mean. I wanna give you uh, the title for my, for my sermon. Maybe it'll help clear up where, where I'm going with this. The, the title for my sermon is this. It's gonna be on the screen. And, and by the way, the way that we take notes here is we take pictures. So go ahead and take out your phone and you can take a picture of this. The title for my sermon is this. Uh, if we go back there, we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. If we go there, we might die, but we might live. That's the title for the sermon. I wanted to pick the longest title for a sermon on our first ever sneak peek Sunday, just so it's memorable. If, if we go back there, we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. If we go there, we might die. Oh, but, 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 we might live. We might live. This title comes from uh, an event that took place 2,700 years ago. It's an like actual historical event that took place in the nation of Israel. And uh, some of the context around this title is this. Um, king Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram, uh, was at war with the nation of Israel. And so what he did was he took his entire army and they laid siege to the capital city of Samaria. Samaria was the capital of Israel. And so it had this huge wall all around it. Ben-Hadad, he takes his army to this wall and they camp around it. And as they camp around it, they don't allow any trade to happen. Nothing goes in the city, nothing comes out of the city. What they do is they create a supply chain shortage. And so the people in the city of Samaria aren't receiving anything into their city. And so they're going to Walmart and they're seeing that the shelves are empty. And that's devastating, right? I mean, and what they were experiencing was far worse than going to Walmart and seeing that there's no toilet paper on the shelves. I mean, that already is devastating, especially once you've exhausted all your spare shirts and socks. Now they're in a situation where nothing's on the shelves. It's scarce in the city. And a famine takes place in the city. There's nothing to eat. It, it, it's so bad that the author of Second Kings, who's writing about this event, explains some of the options that the people had in the city. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 25. It says, there was a great famine in the city. 
And the siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of seed pods for five shekels. So food was so scarce in the city of Samaria because the army of Aram is outside laying siege to it. They're not letting anything in or out. Food is so scarce. The demand is so high and the supply is so low that people are eating donkey heads. You want a donkey head? No, I'm good. I want a steak. Can I get a filet mignon? Sorry, we don't have that. We got donkey heads. That's what you're going to get. Well, how much is it for a donkey head? 560 bucks. 80 shekels of silver, 560 bucks for a donkey head. Not even the butt of a donkey. Not even the good meat of the donkey. The donkey head, 560 bucks. Can't afford that? That's okay. You can buy a quarter of a cab of seed pods for 75 bucks. Not even a whole cab of seed pods, a quarter of a cab, two ounces. Do you know what seed pods are? The Hebrew word that's used here, because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the Hebrew word that's used here to refer to seed pods translates as dove's dung. So for 75 bucks, you can get some freshly squeezed dove poop to eat, two ounces of it. I mean, this is how desperate the people are in Samaria. This is how devastated they are. This is how difficult things are in the city of Samaria. They're paying outrageous prices for donkey heads and dove poop, and they like it. I don't know if they like it, but this is how it is. And then it gets even worse than this. Like, like you think that's bad already. We're going to the shelves, and there's nothing there. We're paying outlandish prices for donkey's heads and, and, and dove poop. And that's just a couple examples. But it gets even worse. It's like a horror movie in the city of Samaria. Here, here, here's what happens. As a king was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord the king. So the king, he's passing by on the walls. He's looking at all the devastation in his city. He sees the poverty. He sees the despair. He sees how down and out people are, how people are starving and dying. And his heart breaks. And as he walks along the walls, this woman cries out, help me. And the king, he's a king. He has power. He has prestige. But he can't do anything about this. He says, if the Lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor? From the wine press? What can I do to help you? I can't do anything. And then he asked her, what's the matter? And she answered, this woman said to me, I got an idea. We're hungry. We're starving. So here's what we're going to do. You give up your son so that we may eat him today. And tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. And then the next day I said to her, give up your son so we may eat him. But she had hidden him. Do you see how horrific things are in the city of Samaria? It, it's so bad. This woman is presented with this option, this idea. Let's kill your son, cook him and eat him. And she says, all right, let's do it. Can you imagine the pain and the grief she must have felt in doing that? Can you imagine how her heart must have broken? She's like, pass a leg. <laughs> this is how bad it is in the city of Samaria. And then it gets even worse because not only was she willing to cook 
her son and eat him and share him with this other woman. But now this woman's hidden her son. So she goes to the king asking him for what? Hey, can you help me find her son so we can kill him and cook him and eat him? Do you see how low the people have sunk? Do you see how devastating it is in the city of Samaria? And so this is what's going on in the city. And then, and then there's this scene where we find ourselves outside the city walls. And we see this uh, in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. So inside the city, there's this devastation, there's this horror, there's, there, there's, it, it, it's, it's terrifying. And now outside the city walls are these four men with leprosy. They have a skin disease. They're outcast because of their skin disease. You got the vid, stay back, right? Nobody wants anything to do with them. And they said to each other, as they're outside the city gates, why stay here until we die? If we stay here, or if we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there, and we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. If we go back there, we die. If we stay here, we die. If we go there, we might die. But we might live. These four men outside the city wall stop and they assess their situation. And they look back and they see what's going on in this city. And they say, if we go into that, we're going to die. No doubt about it. And if we stay where we are, we're going to die. No doubt about it. But if we go there, if we step into the unknown, we might die. But, 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 we might live. We might live. Do you see the glimmer of hope spring up in their eye? Because who knows, maybe they'll spare us. Let's give it a shot. These four lepers, these men have a decision to make. Do we go back there? No, we'll die. Do we stay here? No, we can't. We'll die if we stay right where we are. Do we go forward? We might die. It's scary. It's in the unknown. We have no idea what's going to happen, but that's our best chance of finding life. And so they go. And so they go. You know, we live our life in chapters. Every week is a new chapter. Every month is a new chapter. Every year is a new chapter. As we enter into this new chapter of this new year, I wonder, have you taken a moment to stop and assess your life and say, where am I? Where am I heading in life? What's next? Where am I going towards? Am I living in a constant state of death in this cycle that keeps getting me the results I've always been getting? Or am I moving forward into something greater? Where are you? Are you living a good life or are you living a God life? Are you living a life that's, that's fine and good for you? Or are you living the life God has called you to that's scary and terrifying but leads to life to the full? Have you taken time this year to stop and assess and say, oh, if I go back there, I'm gonna die. And if I stay here, I'm gonna die. But if I go there, I might die, but I might live. Here's what I mean. If I go back there, I'll die. The truth is, you and I, we can't live in the past. Sometimes we live in the past. And look, it's good to reminisce about the past, to think about the past, to celebrate the past, to grieve the past, but we can't live in the past. 
And I know people like this. You know people like this, don't you? I mean, I used to be able to bench 315 pounds back in the day. I mean, back when I had hair, I had all the opportunities. You know, there was that one time where I had that one job where I was making six figures. I could do whatever it is I wanted. See, if we live in the past, we'll die. And we know people who live in the past. We've seen it when somebody lives in the past. You know exactly what it looks like. It actually looks a little bit like this. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Watch this. Ah! What the heck are you doing? That's what I'm talking about. I gotta go. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Yeah. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things would have been different. I'd have gone pro. In a heartbeat. I'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere. You know, soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate. I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You, you ever come across anything like time travel? Easy. I've already looked into it for myself. Right on. Right on. Yeah, if you would have put me in, we would have been state champions. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. See, when we live in the past, we, we live in this faded frame of the movie of life. It's already happened. There's no life there. When we live in the past, it's like we live in this hollowed out shell of decay. There's only death back then, how it used to be, what could have been. And when we live in the past, when we stay stuck there of what could have been and what didn't and how I was disappointed and how I was hurt, it can be begin to lead to bitterness and shame and grief and guilt and what if and some of you are living in the shadow of your past right now and you're allowing what was to shape who you are now because you don't understand she cheated on me I mean, how am I supposed to trust anybody now after what she did? And you're carrying the wounds of something that happened eight years ago, and it's shaping who you are now. Mom left. She left. Dad left. Like, he just left. He was there, and now he's not anymore. Like, he left, and I was five years old. Oh, when you live in this brings up for you why wasn't I was I not good enough why did he leave did he not care what could I have done differently and you're living in the shadow of that right now trying to prove yourself to other people because really what you're trying to do is prove yourself to a man who's dead 
because you want to know that you're good enough. I wonder, is there any way that you're living in the shadow of your past and an addiction that's still gotten the best of you? If we live in the past, if we go back there, we'll die. There's no life there. It happened. It shaped you. It molded you. It formed you. Ah, but we can't live there. We can't live there. We've got to move forward into life. If we go back there, we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. That's what they said. If we stay right where we are, we'll die. I wonder your current situation and circumstance that you're in right now, if you continue to stay in it, I wonder if it's going to lead you to death. And maybe your current situation and circumstances is great and maybe it's comfortable and maybe it's convenient and maybe it's cushy and, and all of that. But, but no matter how good it is or how bad it is, if you stay where you are right now, you're going to die. Because eventually, if you just stay here, it's going to lead to stagnation. If you just stay doing what you're doing and you never move forward, it's going to lead to stale monotony the groove that you're in is going to turn into a rut and you'll die. I wonder as you have entered into this new year, if you've just taken a look at your life and, and assess, you know, maybe for some of you what happened was COVID hit and it caused you to get disconnected from church. I mean, everything was online. It's so much easier to just show up on my couch and watch something. And so you get disconnected from church. A lot of people use COVID as a reason to get disconnected and when I say disconnected, I mean, I mean not, 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 not showing up and watching something online, not showing up for a service, but I mean, you got disconnected and that you stopped serving in a community of faith. You stopped giving towards a community of faith. You stopped being around other people and doing life and figuring out how to, how to walk through life together. So you got disconnected. And so many Christians that I talk to now, oh, it's just... Uh, I haven't made it back to church yet. Guys, this pandemic hit back in March of 2020. Yeah, I hadn't made it back to church yet. What do you mean make it back to church? If you're somebody who follows Jesus, you are the church. And it's time for us to rise up and to say we're gonna be an example of light to the world. And we can't do that sitting at home on our couch watching a preacher online. It's time to get connected. Because if you don't, you're going to die spiritually. It's convenient. It's comfortable. But until you engage in a local community of faith, you're going to die spiritually. We can't stay here. We've got to get involved and connected. And that's my hope uh, over the next several months as we are in the process of launching this church that you would say, I'm going to be in on the launch team. You know, the people who set this up, we have like a group of about 20, 25 people who we've been meeting for months, gathering, talking about this church that we're going to start. And uh, it's a crazy idea to start a brand new church. And it takes some crazy kind of people to say, hey, I'm in on that. And so this morning at 7 in the morning, 6.50 in the morning, we showed up, we started setting things up, troubleshooting and all that just for this experience but we got room for more crazy people on our team. And I wonder if you're one of those crazy people to say, I can't stay where I am. I'm gonna move into something I've never done before, something that terrifies me, something that challenges me, something that pushes me so that people will meet Jesus and journey with him. Again, you're here on the first grand opening. I anticipate this is gonna be the smallest crowd we're gonna have. 
because you're gonna join what we're doing and we're gonna reach out to so many people and I envision a day where the skating rink is packed full of people who are bumping into Jesus and discovering the life that he brings and saying, oh no, I'm not gonna go back to where I was because that leads to death. I'm not gonna stay where I am because that leads to death, but I'm gonna move forward into the life God has called me to. So I wonder if it's time for you to say, I can't stay where I've been staying over the past year or however long being disconnected from church, it's time to get connected again. Now's a perfect opportunity. But as you take a look at your life and you assess where you are, I just wonder if you say, we can't stay here. Because if I stay here, it's gonna lead to death and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you go back to the addiction over and over again. And you justify it and you say, well, you know, it's been a month that I've been clean, so it's fine, I kind of owe it to myself. You can't stay there, it's gonna lead to death. You're, you're experiencing death right now. If we stay here, we'll die. You know exactly what I'm talking about in your, in your marriage relationship because you're not thriving in your marriage relationship. You're just surviving. And you know if you stay here, it's just gonna lead to death. You're experiencing death right now when you stood in front of one another and you said, I do, and that we would pledge the rest of our lives for one another. I'm gonna love you through thick and thin, rich or poor, the good times and the bad times oh, you're hitting that now, and you're like, I don't know if I really meant all that. <laughs> you can't stay where you are or you'll die. You know exactly what I mean because you know exactly how the conversation's gonna go. She's gonna say something that's gonna get on your nerves, and you're gonna respond in a tone that isn't good, and then she's gonna respond in a passive-aggressive tone. Am I reading any of your mail, and am I talking about what's happening in your house, right? Ah, if I stay here, we die, but I believe God has something greater for my marriage. We can't go back there or we'll die. We can't stay here or we'll die. If we go there, we might die, but we might also live. If we go there, we might also live. See, these four men, as they're sitting outside the walls, they said, if we go over there to where the Arameans are, who knows, they might kill us and we might die, but they might spare us and we might live. We might live, we might live, we might live. Stepping out into the unknown is scary. Being in the process right now of starting this church is scary for me because I don't know what's gonna happen. What if we raise all this money and we do all this work and nobody shows up? We might die. Stepping into the future for you might be really scary because what if I do say I'm sorry? What if I lay down my pride and I say, okay, I messed up? They might take advantage of me. I might die. What if I step out and I try that fitness plan, that health plan, that whatever it is, and I fail and I mess up and I don't lose the weight, I don't gain the muscle, I don't do whatever, I might die. What if I step out and I say, okay, I'm setting standards. I'm pursuing purity. I'm waiting till I get married and nobody wants to be with me. I might die. What if I do the thing God is calling me to do? I step into the unknown. I step into the future. I step into the adventure and it doesn't work out. I might die. You might die. But, 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 you might also live. You might also find the life that you've been longing for. You might just stumble into the new life you've been searching for. And this is exactly what happens with these four guys. 
they decide we gotta go. So it says at dusk, they got up and they went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and they fled in the dusk and they abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and they ran for their lives. And the men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents and ate and drank. And then they took silver and gold and clothes and they went off and they hid them. They returned and they entered another tent and they took some things from it and hid them also. Don't miss it, don't miss it, don't miss it, don't miss it. Listen, the four lepers, they said, if we go back there, we're gonna die. If we stay here, we're gonna die. If we go there, we might die, but we might also live. So they made the decision, enough is enough. Tired of this. Change is coming. And as soon as they made the decision, they set out, walking toward the camp of the Arameans. And the Arameans fled. Did you see why you missed it, didn't you? You missed it. Here, let me let me show you. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. And when they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has had the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and they fled in the dust. They abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and they ran for their lives. Please tell me you heard what I just said and you didn't miss it. I, I think you missed it. At dusk, they got up and they went to the camp of the Arameans. And the Lord caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. At dusk, they got up, they went to the camp of the Arameans. The Lord caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. Listen, when the four men finally made the decision to get up and take a step forward, God met them in that action and he amplified the footsteps of these men so that the Arameans heard a great army. Here's four men, eight shuffling feet, walking toward the Arameans. But because they made the decision to move forward and to pursue something great, God met them in their action and amplified it to make it into something far greater. You've been praying for a change. God's been waiting for you to finally get up and take a step. Because once you get up and take a step and put your prayers into action, see if God doesn't meet you and amplify your efforts to accomplish something far greater than you could ever accomplish on your own. This is what happens with these guys. They get up and as they're walking, the Arameans hear an army. And they run. And they run. I wonder. I wonder how... How God is just on the edge of heaven. And he's like, please, please take a step. Stop thinking about it. Stop praying about it. Take a step because I so want to meet you in your action and help you get where I want you to be. And you're like, well, next Monday. Please, please, I got something so much greater for you. When these men make the decision to get up and go, God amplifies their action. And I want to show you this too. When they get to the army of the Arameans, the Arameans are gone. So 
what terrified these four men are terrified by these four men. Did you catch that? What these men were so terrified of was terrified of them. When they got up and they started walking, the army they were terrified of got terrified of them and ran. Do you know why? Because these four men weren't going alone, but they had God with them. And when you have God with them, whatever it is you're afraid of, whatever it is that's keeping you held back, whatever it is that's stopping you from walking forward, when you begin to walk forward with God, that thing flees in fear from you. And so whatever it is that's stopping you, a fear of failure, not getting it right, inadequacy, a fear of insecurity, whatever it is you're afraid of that's preventing you, can I let you know that that thing is actually afraid of you when you go with God? Because God is bigger than whatever it is you're afraid of. God is bigger than whatever it is that's stopping you. So it's time to move forward. Here's how I know it. Psalm 27 verse 1. If you're a Christian, you've been baptized into Christ, you can say this truth. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If you go forward trusting in God, believing that God is going to show up for you and you walk in step to his word, you've got nothing to be afraid of because he's with you. He's with you. And I know it because of those verses, but I know it because of something I didn't share with you yet. And already I'm three minutes and 38 seconds past my time. I need to share this with you. Let me share this with you. Let me share this with you. Here's how I know. When the men got up and they started walking, the, the Aramean army heard the sound of footsteps. God amplified the footsteps of the men. But also, when they went, they didn't go alone. They went with the army of God. Here's how I know it. Because before this event, beforehand, there's this moment where the king of Aram is mad at Elisha, this prophet, because he's at war with the nation of Israel, the king of Aram is, and Israel seems to know everything that Aram is doing. So he says, who in my council is telling the king of Israel what we're doing? And they said, none of us. It's actually this guy, Elisha. He knows what you're doing. God allows him to hear it, and he tells the king of Israel. So the king of Aram says, we can't have this anymore. He sends troops to capture Elisha. And when they come to capture Elisha, Elisha's servant comes out, and he sees these troops, and he's scared. And he goes to Elisha, and he says, we're going to die. And Elisha says this, there's, there's more of us than there are of them. And I imagine Elisha's servant says, I don't know what you're smoking, but I want it. Because I'm looking at you and I'm looking at me and there's just the two of us and there's a whole army of them. And then Elisha prays this, open his eyes, Lord, so they may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What the servant saw was the army of God surrounding the army of the Arameans. And so fast forward sometime later when these four men with leprosy decide to walk out towards the Arameans, the Arameans hear the sound of an army. God amplifies the steps of these men, but they don't go alone. They go with the God of angel armies. They're not marching alone. They're marching with the God of angel armies. Can I let you know this morning that if you decide to live in the past, you'll die. If you stay right where you are, stagnant, you're gonna die. But if you move forward, hey, you might die, but you might also live. And I think you got a pretty good chance of living because when you move forward, you move forward with the God of angel armies. 
You move forward with him. He walks with you. He steps with you. He fights with you. And so the God of angel armies is with you in your home, no matter what chaos is happening there. He's with you in your job. He's with you in your fear. He's with you in your depression. He's with you in your anxiety. He's with you in every excuse that you have. He says, come on, let's march together because you're not alone. I'm with you. And if you knew that, if you knew that, if you knew it, if you believed, if you believed, if you believed. That the God of angel armies was really with you, let me ask you, would your life look like it does right now? I think it'd be a lot better. If you knew that the God of angel armies walked with you, marched with you, would you finally start that diet? Would you finally say, I'm sorry? Lay down your pride and say, honey, we've been trying this on our own. It's time to seek counseling. If you knew that the God of angel armies was with you, would you finally bury the past? Stop living in the shadow of that little boy, that little girl who was hurt so long ago. If you knew that the God of angel armies was with you, how would your life look different than right now? God's just waiting on you to take a step. Will you? Will you? You don't have to do this alone. And what's amazing to me is that Jesus actually gave up his life so that we could have power to move forward, to live in the life that he's called us to, to live in the destiny that he's given us. In a moment, we're going to observe communion. And on your chairs, there's a a little cup with some juice and a cracker. And... um, I want to invite you in a moment. I'm going to pray. Uh, you can tear off the top layer of that cup. Um, eat the cracker whenever you'd like. Tear off the other layer. Drink the juice. And we do this as a reminder of ourselves to remember what Jesus did for us. That 2,000 years ago, he died on the cross. That he didn't stay comfortable He didn't embrace the convenient. Instead, he put on flesh. He lived a perfect life, a life we can't live, and ultimately died the death that we deserve so that we could be forgiven and have life. When Jesus died on the cross, he forgave your sins and mine. And then he rose again triumphantly from the grave. I wonder if Jesus had that same conversation with his Father in heaven. If I go there, I might die. I will die. But he also lived. And he rose from the grave and he conquered death. And if you're a Christian today, you believe in Jesus, you've been baptized into him, God's spirit lives inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And if that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead conquered hell and the grave is living in you, what else can you conquer? God's just on the edge of heaven saying, come on, I got you. I'm right there with you. Would you pray with me? God, I want to thank you so much for your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your love. And I want to apologize for all the times I live a little life 
for all the times that I shrank back in fear, for all the times that I choose comfort, for all the times that I choose convenience, for all the times that I just live for me. I don't wanna live in what was, and I don't wanna stay stuck in a moment here and now, but I wanna move forward with you doing the hard thing, doing the challenging thing, doing the thing that scares me the most because I know it'll lead to life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, I am so honored that you came today. I hope you're glad you came today. I hope you were inspired today that you caught a glimpse of what's coming. And if this was a great experience for you, with all the things we're still learning and the technical hangups and all of that stuff, come on, how much greater is February 6th gonna be? How much greater is March 6th gonna be? How much greater is our grand opening March 20th gonna be? But it's not about just a service and sitting on Sunday, it's about getting to know the people around you and building community and doing life together, because there's a whole world out there, a whole city out there that needs to meet Jesus and journey with him. And I wanna invite you to join us in this process. On your cards, or on your seats, there's a card for you to fill out information. Would you let us know you're here? Tell us your name, number that you'll answer, and email that you check. Fill that out. As you exit, we have a connect area over there, I'd love for you to just set your card right over there. If you want to leave it in your seat, that's okay. You leaving your information helps us out so much. I promise we won't spam you, but we want to honor you and thank you for coming to our first grand opening. Uh, and we do want to follow up with you to make sure you know about all the other things that we have coming up. Also in your seat, there's a flyer for a skate night here on January 18th. It's a Tuesday night. And we're partnering with Penn Ministry, a ministry for the homeless here in Virginia Beach. Penn Ministry has said the number one need that they have right now for the homeless is blankets. Homeless people need warm blankets. So we said we want to provide that for you. On that skate night, when you bring a blanket, when every adult brings a blanket, you skate for free. This is a night for you not only to come, but for you to invite your friends to come and say, man, it's crazy. I showed up to this skating rink for a church service, and it was awesome, because it was, and I want you to meet some people there and join me on February 6th. So we'd love to have you come back on April, I mean April, January 18th, Tuesday night, for a skate night, bring a blanket, you skate for free, bring some friends, tell them to bring a blanket, you're doing good in our community, and you get to have fun, and I'd love to meet you then. Like I said in the beginning, we're doing a crazy thing starting a brand new church in a skating rink, and it takes some crazy people to be a part of that, and I think that some of you are those crazy people. If you wanna be a part of our launch team, and you wanna get in behind the scenes, and you wanna help make 
all of this happen to an even greater degree. I'd love to talk to you afterwards. And even if you came for the first time, which is all of you, I'd love to say hey to you afterwards. Thank you again for being here. Let me pray for us and then we're gonna head out. God, I thank you so much for your goodness and your greatness. I pray that you give us the strength and the power that we need, the audacity that we need, the recklessness that we need, the faith that we need to move forward into the unknown, to step into the adventure, because we're tired of living in death. Ah, we want to live, and not just live, but truly live in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks so much for listening. I hope you were inspired, encouraged, and challenged by what you heard. And if you were, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Also, share this sermon with somebody today. Spread the word. Don't keep it to yourself. If you want to invest in what God is doing here at Journey Church, you can always give at thisisjourney.church. And as you go throughout your week, my prayer is that you would discover the more you were made for, in Jesus' name.